The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's uh, time for our Friday forum, and our guests are somewhat tardy in arriving. But I am joined by at least the first, Elaine Lachlan, who's political editor with the Irish Examiner. Elaine, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, uh, one of the biggest stories of the week, which kind of burst on us and then kind of uh, vanished away for the rest of the week, and that's Tara Mines. Mm. It should be a massive political story because if this mine were to close permanently, and that's a possibility. 600 jobs and loads of ancillary activity would be affected by it in a relatively small place. Yes, and you have to think that while we're hearing that key figure of 650 uh, people with, you have to assume 650 families as well um, who are reliant on the paycheck that's coming in and are no longer going to get that, that it's a massive blow. But even I heard over the week, a local shopkeeper who has a, a shop just at the at the entrance to Tara Mines, his income is going to be decimated now sure. as well. All that passing trade is how he makes the, the shop viable. Yeah, and in ways, I suppose you have to remember that while this is has at the moment anyway been stated that it's going to be temporary layoffs I think that's probably in some ways nearly worse for a worker yeah. because if you if you're told that you're laid off permanently you go out you look for a job these people don't know whether they'll be back in work next month, next week, in six months' time, or whether they'll be told in a couple of months that actually mm. we're making this permanent now. So it is, it's really yeah, it worrying. It's interesting that Joe Lynham, our uh, business correspondent, uh, pointed out that the share price of the company, the holding company, went up mm. the following day following the announcement of the closure. In other words, less zinc on the market. Um, therefore squeezes the price a bit they get more money and uh, that might be an incentive to keep it closed also Ed Conway the economics editor of uh, Sky News was on with us this morning talking about uh, the um, his book is called Material World it's all about these commodities which are on the world market and it's nothing to do with their intrinsic value and all to do with uh, demand we're joined yeah, and by I think uh, as well Pat uh, Meath is unique insofar as it's one of the commuter counties that has very little IDA investment so so the majority of people, myself included, left me this morning to go to Dublin because there yeah. are very few, uh, let's say, high opportunities, opportunities yeah. in the county when you compare it to the likes of Louth mm. or Kildare um, and the surrounding counties around Dublin. Gary Gannon is Social Democrats TD for Dublin Central, a spokesperson on a whole pile of things. Whole Too whole many things. to mention. I <laughs> uh, want to go to you on Tara Mines, uh, Gary. What was your reaction uh, to that very sudden Unexpected announcement. They were supposed to meet the Minister of the Board, but didn't. Just jumped the gun. Yeah, and it's hard to have a reaction that's other than shock and then disappointment. I mean, if you think about the workers who woke up that morning, heard about their jobs, not so much being gone, but certainly being placed on hold for an indefinite period of time and finding out with that in the media, there has to be a better way of treating people. Then we hear that the department has been engaging with management who don't seem to have the ear of their own bosses. I mean, that's incredible. And then we went into a to and fro on the doll as to who knew what and when. And I mean, that's helpful to a point. But what workers really need to know is what are their entitlements at the minute? They're clearly not up to scratch. We've got people now who very quickly, possibly have mortgage payments, who are going down to 200 euro a week. We need to have a better social insurance system placed in for such a scenario like this. Yeah. And the question of the ongoing viability of the mine, we had a text during the week from mm-hmm. someone suggesting that uh, the mine would be approaching the end of its 
affordable life. It's not that there wouldn't be more lead and zinc down there, mm-hmm. but it might get more and more too ex- expensive to extract it compared to other sources. So that's something that uh, we should I- investigate. Uh, we're also joined by Barry Ward, a Fine Gael Senator from Dunleary uh, and Justice Spokesperson in the Shannon, uh, also a barrister as it happens. Barry, um, Simon Coveney embarrassed by all of this. Well, it's it's a bad news story, and I, I agree that it's not something where workers should have found out in the media. This is something they should have been briefed on in advance. And the government is working with the owners of the mine and with the management with a view to ensuring that the impact of this is as as small as it is. But this is not an easy day for anybody who's affected by this decision. There's no two ways about it. Um, I hope we'll be able to put in place something to support those people, whatever way that can be done. They have said it's a temporary closure, but at the moment we don't know, you know, what the the time scale is and. It's it's bleak, really, for anybody who's facing that yeah. news today. Now, the whole idea of pay-related social I- insurance, um, you pay in in relation to your pay, but you get paid out bog-standard rates. Is that yeah. fair that the people who've been contributing hugely to the social insurance fund, so-called, uh, only get the basic out, irrespective of how much has been paid in? Yeah, and in other European countries, they do it differently. In France, for example, you will get a pay that's commensurate to the salary that you were on before. For a time. For a time, exactly. And I would be very happy to look at that. There are obviously huge cost implications involved in that as well. And it's something that would have to be done in a balanced way. I don't have an objection to it. And to reflect exactly how much people have paid into that fund, it's reasonable that they might get more out of it. But whatever happens here, there's a responsibility on Tara Mines to provide for employees in whatever way they can. Um, and I know that Minister Coveney will be working with them to do that. Yeah. Yes, uh, this Elaine. is something that Fine Gael has been looking at for a long time. I remember being up at Glenty Summer School myself midway through the last government and it was something that Leo Varadkar had flagged that he wanted to move towards these pay-related uh, social protection payments when you do lose your job. So we're a long time I mean, talking about it at this stage. It should be an emergency payment because if uh, <clears throat> it becomes too generous, it just might make more sense to sit at home doing nothing. Oh, uh, if no, it was I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, it suppose you're getting 600 price. a week, not 200 a week, you know, and, and have what kind of job? If you look at our employment rates at the minute, which are significantly high, and yet we have 180,000 people who are in work at the minute living below the poverty line, yes, you still go to work. I suppose what I would be arguing for strongly <coughs> is that our very basic, even our social insurance system at the minute should be commensurate with what do you have in France, similar in Germany, you lose your job, the gap shouldn't be that steep yeah. that you fall. We just can't have that. But for me, it's even gone further than that. We have a social welfare system that leaves people below the poverty line. There's definitely conversations to be had around there. We can't unsee the fact that during COVID, when everybody lost their jobs, we had a social insurance system that kicked in at 350 a week. Now, if that was appropriate then, why is it not appropriate now for people in the well, there, months? There's a very good reason why it was appropriate then, because it was all about making sure the economy was ready to go when the, the end of restrictions came. And the government has been proven right on that but it's not sustainable to be putting in large rates like that across the board there is a cost implication to that and if you look at the example of France in fact you'll find a lot of people in France very unhappy with their system Mm -hmm. because you will have large sectors of the economy who do take six months off a year particularly for example as I understand in film production you'll have people who will only work for six months of the year because the system provides for them not to work for the rest of the year. And that's the pitfall with season, that. A film work is seasonal in a lot of ways. Seasonal. Yeah. I mean, it's not that they're only going into work. It's the work is only there. But there's a whole a industry. I'm, 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 only, I'm reporting uh, but, the but complaints that people make in France. But it's not beyond the, the wit of man and woman to design a system whereby your entitlements kick in based on how much time you have worked for the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be ridiculous that if you were laid off a month after you joined the company, that suddenly you get a big payout with yeah. no uh, history yeah, of, of paying in. No, there is a, there is a way 
way to work it. But in fact, in France, it also applies to people who might be self-employed, for example, and they decide not to work for six months, then it does kick in. But you're quite right, Pat. There are ways in which it can be engineered to avoid scenarios like that. But it is not as straightforward as some people would have you believe. Right. Now, uh, we'll move on. We'll stay with you, Barry. Um, the Irish Times poll would suggest that these decisions are not going to be yours for the making after the next election because you're not going to be in power. That's what I don't think it does suggest that actually. But eighteen percent, even even very hard to lead a government on eighteen percent. Nor has there ever been really a government with more than fifty percent support in in real terms. But polls are just that; they're just polls. And I know it's the classic cliche that politicians say there's only one poll that counts, and it's the vote on the day. And of course that's true. But I genuinely don't get excited by polls when they're good or disappointed when they're bad. At the same time. There are trends maybe that are visible in the polls and they have been um, reflected upon by Leo Varadkar and the leadership within Fine Gael. I know they're aware of issues and Leo has committed to work hard. And in fact, I think one of the issues that we have is the communication of what is actually happening in this country. There's a lot of negativity that I think sometimes drowns out the good news. And like Gary mentioned just there ago, the levels of, of employment in this country, like we have never had as many people employed. We have never had the same proportion of people employed in this country. The economy is doing incredibly well. We're the fastest growing economy in Europe. In so many areas, we are succeeding. There are obviously areas where we're not, but show me the government that has done it, has had success in every okay. area, every now, time. You guys dropped by four points, as did uh, Sinn Féin. It'd be interesting to analyse exactly exactly what is happening to that Sinn Féin vote and why. I'll come to you, Gary, mm. and your good fortune in a moment. Uh, but <laughs> Elaine, what do you make of the, the, the fall for Sinn Féin? Mm, yeah, well, again, it hasn't been a good week for Fine Gael. We have to remember it's not just the poll. We had reports at the weekend of members. The Leo issue. Exactly. And that was uh, addressed at, the, at a private meeting on Wednesday. Um, but you're right, Sinn Féin also decreased by four points. Now, it has to be said, they have a significant lead on both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, and that's not going to go anywhere by the looks of the polls anyway. Um, but you have to wonder what uh, what is happening here, where, where that 4% decrease is coming from. And perhaps it may be the fact that we've seen in recent months, certainly, a shift in Sinn Féin's policy on many issues. And, and well, they're going mainstream. I mean, I don't think there's any denying that. But the point is, 4% is a chunk of people. And um, I'm not sure that the, the, you know, the radicals, where are they if they decide to abandon Sinn Féin? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they've abandoned maybe some of their left wing and some of their very uh, extreme policies, special criminal court mm-hmm. and so on. Where are they going to? Well, I'm guessing I mean, they, they, they might for? go to Gary's party. They mm-hmm. might go to the uh, Solidarity PVP. They might go to Labour. Those that are viewed as being more on the left now than Sinn Féin. And it will be a difficult balancing act, I think, for Mary Lou Macdonald's party. They do need to come closer to the centre to gain more voters and to increase their vote. So potentially they could be in government next time around. But the more you do that and the closer you come to the middle ground, you do risk uh, abandoning or ostracising in some ways your core voters who have supported you down the years when you weren't as popular as you are now. So I think it'll be something that um, Mary Lou and her party will have to, to look at. So Gary, the Social Democrats uh, on, on the up, is this uh, more of a holly bounce still? Um, I think we're doing really well, but it's also, I suppose, Holly bounce, yes, to a point. I think Holly's done really well in position as leader. Also, the demographics and where we've increased. So I think we went up to the third largest party in the country between the 18 and the 34 demographics. There are a group of people who are very concerned about climate, for example. I think the Social Democrats have been really consistent in their climate policies. The people who are very concerned about housing, her spokesperson in housing, Keena Callahan, has been outstanding in that role. And then there is also the Holly factor. I think she speaks to people in a way very few other politicians can. But we've put the work in over... 
or nine years, I don't look. Let's put it into perspective. We're still on five percent, but yeah. but also yeah. the, the problem is that your five percent is spread over the country. Um, you may be strong in your constituency, obviously. Um, mm, you're we're quite nine percent in, in Dublin. In, in other constituencies, you'll be weak, and the fear must be that a Sinn Fein running multiple candidates yeah. in every constituency will eat your lunch. And that's the task for us. We need to be running candidates in as many constituencies as possible. And I suppose that's the challenge Holly has set out for itself time and time again she's told people to come to us because we want to be really ambitious for the Social Democrats and provide an alternative where it's, it's about the policies about the ideas we have a very different style in the chamber to what you see between Fine Gael and Sinn Féin for example we don't get involved in that what I'm describing as the Westminsterisation of back and forward we stick to our politics we stick to the ideas and that seems to be catching hold now um, now, you mentioned, Elaine, uh, but, but the, the Leo business. I mean, it was extraordinary, all the Sunday papers uh, suddenly having the same story on the front page. What a coincidence. So uh, but maybe Barry can tell us who, who's up to mischief. Well, I don't, I, mean, I don't know, but I must say I don't feel it's a large number of people. I don't feel the, that the what we heard reported in the media is evident within the Fine Gael party. I don't feel that there's this push or there's this large-scale dissatisfaction, as I said. But how did the story uh, kind of end up? In, it oh, had I to be, you know, journalists did, won't, yeah. won't print something that they heard from a guy in a pub. No, you know, no, I, they I will have a source. There is some. There is a source, but I mean, I think there were more than. But there even was if more the, even than if one source. Two or three. I mean, there's there's 55 people in the Finnegan Parliamentary Party, and what I'm saying is that as a member of that of that group, I don't feel that swell. I don't feel that large scale dissatisfaction. People definitely have their issues. People definitely are unhappy with X, Y or Z in their constituency or in a particular policy area, as we all are. And that's our job is to be fighting in that particular area. And we get a chance to engage with the Taoiseach, with ministers in in those areas. And that's as it should be. But, uh, you know, I I think um, I think Leo still enjoys a great deal of support within the party. I think people are generally very happy with what this government has done for the people of Ireland. And that's our our job is to serve those people and to make sure we deliver for them at every level. Well, that's kind of mom and apple pie message that you you deliver. if you want, Pat. But, no, no. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the problem for Leo, this particular story, and it seems that uh, this leaking or whatever, or, uh, it was roundly condemned by members of the Parliamentary Party. But then, et tu brute, you know, or the <laughs> Judas among you. Yeah, well, I, I'd be very interesting, Pat, if you could identify for me the Parliamentary Party I mean, in, was... or anybody in the, in the Parliamentary Party in the history of this state that has been 100% unified on every issue all of the time. It doesn't happen. That is not the nature of politics. And as I said, there are, of course, people unhappy with particular things and they will raise those issues. But I do not feel amongst my colleagues in the Parliamentary Party, TDs, senators, MEPs, that there is a feeling that Leo uh, shouldn't be the teacher or shouldn't be leading us into the next election. There is generally, I think, a very high level of satisfaction with the job that he's doing and his commitment to that job. Yeah, and as Simon Coveney burnt his leadership bridges in the sense that since he left Foreign Affairs and Micheál Martin took over, he's been kind of invisible. And the only time he he came on the scene was because of Tara Mines. No, well, I mean, this this is the point. Ministers are visible when issues within their portfolio are to the fore. When Simon was in Foreign Affairs, he served us incredibly well on issues like Brexit and a whole range of other issues, UN Security Council, that were very much to the fore in the media focus. As Minister for Enterprise, again, he's presiding over a huge rate of of employment in this country, the highest ever. It just so happens that this issue is in the spotlight this week. Elaine, what do you make of the whole? Yeah, I think it's interesting, Pat, that you raise that PP, the Parliamentary Party meeting that happened on Wednesday and Leo Varadkar addressed those um, 
what could be described as orchestrated uh, newspaper mm-hmm. reports on Sunday and basically told his party members that if you have something to say, say it to my face. If you have an issue, come to me. And that he is committed to running in the next general election, committed to uh, leading the party. Now, we had a whole swell of people queue up then to say uh, how, how wonderful he is. Exactly. And, and to, to emphasise their support. But I spoke to a few um party members, perhaps you're not speaking to the same ones that I'm speaking to, but who one actually described it as slightly embarrassing, um, the level of compliments that people were almost tripping over each other to try and back the Taoiseach. And it was suggested as well that even some of them who are the most flattering of the leader were suspected of, of being I mean, behind That's how you the, try to cover your tracks. He is wonderful. <laughs> that's so yeah. and so. I think yeah. there is certainly a bit of fatigue yeah. in the party right now. You know, they've been in power for more than a decade um, and the polls are only mm-hmm. going one way. I know people will say a poll is a snapshot in time and all that, but we've seen poll after poll yeah. where I mean, they the are. The interesting thing, uh, Gary, from a poll's point of view, the people who have uh, given a slight boost to Fianna Foyle, uh, the people who gave only 18% to Fianna Gael, these people are never probably going to vote Sinn Féin. Right? Isn't that fair? That's, if you like, the core support of Fianna, Fianna Gael and Fianna Foyle. So um, I, I'm wondering how the next election will unfold, because if you add Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Greens, they still have a majority and added a few independents yes. who would be so well disposed towards those three parties rather than mm-hmm. towards the parties of the left. I'm just trying to predict what will the outcome of the next election <laughs> possibly be? Um, I will get some sense of it in the local and European elections coming up, which I'm very excited about, just as a, somebody who gets to observe and be part of an election also. So I think that's still all to be decided. I'm canvassing a couple of times a week. What I will say is that people who probably would have never voted for my party previously wouldn't have considered themselves of the left are now absolutely coming on board to the ideas of social democracy. Fine Gael have been in power for a, lot, a long time but they talk about being a party of law and order for example at the same time we can't see a guard around their constituency. Home ownership rates are in the decline. decreasing rates of crime at the same time Gary. Like well, burglaries for example are way down sure year on year. Disillusionment I mean, amongst people who are actually calling the guards. This, is, this is exactly that. the negativity I was talking about. Focusing Barry, on things. If you, I'm not going to be has a been a for Gael, I'm, I'm not expecting you to be but let's recognise where this country is in the global scheme of things. We're in the top 10 of almost all the metrics we have delivered for this. Yes, we've been in government, but we have delivered. If you look at all the crises we've faced, from the economic collapse to COVID to Brexit to the, the conflict in Ukraine. 16,000 people in this country living in or at risk yeah. of poverty. And, and, I, and I can pick as One many six. other statistics sure. to tell you how and good things are. And I'm just saying, let's democracy. look at it on the balance rather than always focusing on the negative. Yeah, mind you, um, when we look across the water at our neighbours, aren't <laughs> Whatever we have here, <laughs> we're better off than they are there at the moment. My thanks to you all, to uh, Gary Gannon, Social Democrats TD for Dublin Central uh, for to Barry Ward Fine Gael, uh, Senator Spokesman in the Shannon on Justice and Elaine Lachlan Political Editor for the Irish Examiner The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.